Well, yeehaw, everybody. Good to see you. Hey, what an incredible season it is here in the Houston area because the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is on its way into town. I love the rodeo. It's always such a fun thing, such a fun experience to get to go do with our family. We love going down to the rodeo. But if you've ever been down to the rodeo with your family, then you know it can truly be an experience, right? Um, I've got four boys. Um, they're a ton of fun, but uh, from 10 years old all the way down to almost two years old. But one of the things that's unique about going to the rodeo or doing anything fun together as a family is that everybody in the family typically has their own idea of what fun is gonna be at this experience, especially when we go to the rodeo, right? Because I have my almost two-year-old, where for him, fun at the rodeo is just getting to be out of his stroller with dad in hand or just in front of dad going getting to go wherever he wants as long as he's not in his stroller right he's happy he just wants a little bit of freedom to walk and see and go where he wants to go but then there's the five-year-old who's all about the animals right he wants to go and touch the cows and he wants to go to the petting zoo and he wants to go to the birthing center right and see all the the baby pigs and the little lambs and all these things he's all about the animals and wanting to be near the animals and ride the pony and do whatever and then there's the eight-year-old who's all about the food, you know? Just that rodeo food. He's talking about, he's hungry before we ever leave the house for rodeo food, right? Talking about what he's gonna eat and what he's hoping. Are we gonna stop by this stand? Are we gonna get that turkey leg or whatever it is? And he's got that idea of fun. And then my 10-year-old, he loves the carnival games, right? Shooting the basketball or getting to try to toss the softball into the bucket that never catches it right, um, and just whatever it takes, right? Those, these are these things that they, that they all love to do, and if we're not careful, right, on some level we go there, and if the, if the purpose is to go and to, to touch the animals and to do this or to do that, well, then there's a good chance that someone's gonna leave disappointed because we may not have time or the opportunity to do what everyone wants to do the whole time. And so we try to make sure that when we go, right, that when we go on a family experience, when we connect with our families, that we remember that we're going for a purpose. And when as a family, when we get behind the common purpose that we're going to the rodeo to spend time together as a family, then it allows us to have a little bit more patience about putting others before ourselves and challenging our kids to have that same perspective of coming back to our purpose. Now, the person who needs that the most is me because if we get distracted from that purpose, then when we are playing the carnival games and I spend that $5 for that basketball and my 10-year-old's about to shoot it, it can be like, no, 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 no. Let me have the basketball. Daddy's bringing home the pig, right? Um, <laughs> or, or whatever, right? And, or, or I let him shoot it, but it's like he misses and there's this look of disappointment like, what's wrong? I just, come on, you're supposed to make it. We're taking this home. And we get into these, you know, these conversations or frustrations about what's going on if we lose sight of what the purpose is as to why we're doing it. It helps us, it, we challenge, we become challenged if we lose sight of our purpose as to what we should say yes to and what to say no to. No, we're not gonna go over there. Yes, we're gonna go over here should be connected to that common purpose. You know, I think when it comes to the real life rodeo, of having to parent our kids, the real life rodeo of having to figure out how to make all the relationships in our life go right, it can be just as challenging because God has given us so many different personalities as parents, as people, on how we interact with each other and what may seem like make for a great relationship or what seems like a good time for us in this relationship may vary from person to person. It's no different in parenting. God's created so many different parents with such a unique skill set who have their own approach and perspective on how to, to discipline or how to invest or what fun looks like. And beyond that, there's also so many different types of personalities of kids that we have. And that can make it difficult and challenging. 
And so really, how do we bring all that back into one message? Well, I believe it's the same principle of really what we have to do is we have to come back to, there maybe there are lots of different styles, but through God's word, we can come back to a singular purpose that God has us. And when we all get behind the purpose of what matters the most, then we can accept that there are lots of different styles and lots of different ways, and my way may not be your way, but there can be one purpose. Because let's be honest, there's only one perfect parent, and that's God the Father. And even God the Father in his perfect parenting skills has rebellious kids, and sometimes I'm one of them, right? But he's the perfect dad, and we can look to his perfect example and find skills from his scripture as the fact that just like he never gives up on us, just like he will never give up on our kids, that we can follow that same principle and that same example. Because I need you to hear this from me. It is important for us to know, for those of you in this room who are parents or are going to be parents, know this, this truth. God has perfectly placed you in your kid's life to prepare them for his perfect purpose. Your kids don't need me, they need you. God has uniquely equipped you to be exactly what your kids need. And we want you to know as a church that we got your back. And you may be going through a challenging time with your student or with your kid or, or what's going on in, in, in your life and your circumstances to where you are, but God has a unique plan for your parenting style. And we preach all the time to our kids in the student ministry and remind them that there are no perfect parents but God has perfectly placed your parents in your life to prepare you for the perfect purpose he has for your life. And that's really where we can come from and get behind this is that God chose you to be the parent of your kid's life. God put you and all the other relationships you have in your life for a reason. He put you in their life. And so I wanna back up even just a step further and remind you that, that while you may not be a parent, that that all of us, that in this message, there is something for all of us because really the key in the relational principles that are necessary to, to live a purposeful parenting life, to be connected to our kids in a powerful way, those relational principles that are necessary coming back to God's purpose go into any relationship. And so whether you're a single person in this room or you're a teenager in this room or you're a parent in this room or a grandparent in this room or an uncle or an aunt in this room, the principles remain the same. And I challenge you to look into the principles and let's figure out how to live our lives by God's purpose. Let's figure out how to parent from purpose because that's what God's calling us to do. Would you pray with me? Oh, God, we love you. And man, do I need you today, Lord. God, you're so good, and we're so thankful that we have the ultimate example of Jesus' love for us that was shared for us on the cross, that we saw that you loved us so much that you were willing to come and lay down your life for us, and that, God, that we would carry that same attitude and example and purpose into every relationship we have, putting you first and putting others before ourselves. So, God, I just pray that today that that there'd be grace on my words, that you'd help me to speak what you want to say and speak into people's lives this morning. And God, I just pray that, that you would help uh, every parent, that we would be able to have each other's backs and that we would be able to listen to the examples and things that are there and be able to bring everything back to that common purpose that you have for us, to love you and to love others the same way that you love us. So God, we thank you so much. We pray that you would stir in our hearts and you'd use your word to change us forever from the inside out. We love you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? 
as we read a passage that I think, you know, when we talk about purpose, it is so cool to see that God brings everything back to purpose. And there are so many different parents and so many different parenting styles and so many kids and so many uh, different uh, personalities amongst our kids. But God, Jesus, was so great about speaking purpose into the crowds and into his disciples. And the passage we're gonna start with this morning is after Jesus has risen from the dead, right before he's about to ascend into heaven to be with the Father, he speaks purpose into his disciples. He speaks the challenge. He gives them the purpose for their life. And I think there's a lot to learn from that challenge he gave the disciples. And so you can read along on the screens or in your notes or in your Bibles, but this is what it says. Jesus was speaking and he said this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You can be seated. What a powerful passage. What a powerful word. What a powerful purpose that Jesus speaks into his followers right before he ascends into heaven and he challenges them with some really key principles. So if you're taking notes, I want you to underline some things from that passage. First of all, underline that phrase, make disciples. And let's be clear that as parents, our biblical purpose as laid out by Jesus here is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're trying to do. It keeps it simple as to what we filter our decisions through and how we make choices and, 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 and the guiding principle and the guiding purpose is that we can make every choice as to what we're gonna say yes to and what we're gonna say no to. It makes it a lot simpler when we come back to the common purpose of, I know what I'm trying to do. Make disciples of Jesus Christ to raise them up to be able to step into the purpose that he has for their lives. But then under that phrase, baptizing them, right? Which is an interesting thing that Jesus said when you make disciples, that this principle of baptism, which we see throughout scripture, is this idea of a follower of Christ who gets baptized that they might identify with Christ. Who, uh, that we even say when people are, are baptized that they are that we're dying to our old self and raised to walk in a new life, that we're stepping out of pursuing our own purpose for our lives and beginning to trust our purpose into the hands of God, and that we are trying to baptize our kids into this mindset and using baptism as an example of what it is to make a disciple of saying, hey, let's walk away from what the world says our purpose is, that, that old mindset of, of doing what we wanna do, and let's trust God with the plans and purposes for our lives because he is the ultimate parent. And then underline the phrase teach and to obey. That really what we're supposed to be doing is teaching them to obey. Teaching them to obey what? Jesus said, all the commands I've given you. Now on some level, right, as parents, we can look at it and be like, oh my goodness, that's a lot of pressure from Jesus to get him to obey all of the commands that he laid out there. But before we get overwhelmed, remember Jesus summed up all of scripture and he brought it all back to just two things. He said that all of scripture can be summed up in just two simple commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and learn to love your neighbor as yourself. What a powerful thing to be able to come back to as parents as to what are we teaching? What is it that we're trying to do in making disciples? It makes it easier when we're able to bring every decision back to. Is this gonna, 
be a demonstration of God's love? Is this coming from God's love? Is this going to help them to be able to love God better? And is this going to, is this me putting them before myself? Is this me loving my kids as myself? Is this going to help teach them how to love other people as themselves? And we're able to come from that purpose, but then here's a really, really powerful phrase. The last thing that Jesus says to his disciples is so crazy. So underline that phrase, I am with you always. Parents, I don't know what's going on in your world and your life, but if you're anything like me, parenting comes with a lot of challenges and a lot of difficulties and a lot of struggles, just like any relationship. But isn't it powerful to know that no matter what kind of relationship you're in with your kids or with the person you're dating or with your parents, that God says, I'm the third person. I'm the extra person in this equation. I'm the primary person. I am with you always. You are not parenting alone. I got your back. I'm in this. And what you're trying to get your kids to do on the outside, don't worry. I'm also at work in their inside. I got your back. I'm in this with you. Whatever's going on in your kid's world, whatever kind of decisions they're making, no, I'm invested in that as well. I'm uh, working with you. And, and whatever's going on, whatever struggles and things they're having, Man, I am in this with you, and I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave them, and I will not forsake them. I am with you always, and will be with them always, even to the end of the age. That gives us such confidence to be able to parent from our purpose. And so let me encourage you with that and that same principle of I love going to the rodeo and I love the idea of bull riding and that's kind of where these, these illustrations come from but what I think we first need to do when we get connected to God's purpose is we say that's what we want to parent from and that's what we should do is dig in and parent from your purpose. Dig in and parent from your purpose. You think, I think of this picture of a bull rider, because I do love going to the rodeo, and I love going inside to the livestock show and rodeo, and there's that one event where you look at those, these cowboys that get in on these bulls, and, and, uh, and on some level, you look at that, and we watch that from the outside, and we go, what are you thinking? This is craziness that you're gonna get on this, this, this raging bull and let it try to flip you around and eventually try to get you on the ground where it can stomp on you and try to gore you with its horns. What are you thinking? And some of us might even think about that as parenting. It's like, man, I don't know, what was I thinking? And we can drift into that mindset as well, but that's really this, I get this picture and this image, if you've ever seen that, of when the cowboy climbs over the gate and all of a sudden you see this moment where he's, he's getting on top of that bull and he's really digging in because he knows at some point the chute's gonna open and then whoo that thing's gonna be, his life's about to change for eight seconds. I felt that way. When my first son was, was handed to me by the doctor, when we were leaving the hospital, and there was this moment of when I had this kid in my hands and they're saying, okay, yeah, you, you can go now. I'm like, are you sure? Because I don't know if I'm qualified to raise this kid. Like, can we put him back in the nursery and him sleep there tonight and you all can feed him a bottle and make sure that he's healthy and good? Because are, are you sure I get to take him home? And on some level, God says, Mark, I've given you everything that you need. And Mark, remember this, you may be leaving the hospital, but I'm not leaving you. I, be, I will be with you. And I will help you. And there have been so, there have been countless parenting decisions along the way. And let me assure you, I have not made everyone right, but it has helped me immensely to know the purpose that God has for me as a parent is to teach my kids to love him and love others the way that he loves them. It helps me guide my yeses and my noes and to set that out as an example. And parenting from your purpose really comes to this thing of if I want my kids to do that, then really parenting from my purpose means I have to have that right. 
I've got to be connected with the Lord. I have to be connected with him. And my relationship with him matters because if I'm gonna love my kids the way that God loves them, then I better be connected to God's love or what's my foundation of love for them gonna be coming from? And that challenges me on the choices and the decisions that I make. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 15. He says this, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You see, we have the opportunity to lay out the example for our kids of what love looks like, what purpose looks like, when we demonstrate to them that we are willing to do whatever it takes to connect them to God's purpose for their lives. And that's a challenge, but it's this principle of we get to follow, we get to set for them a, a visible example of what Christ accomplished for us on the cross when we show them that we are willing to literally lay down our lives for them on a daily basis and set the example of what it is to be connected to God's love. What a powerful thing that the Lord has invited us into as an opportunity for parents. And he says, this is what it needs. This is the whole principle of what we're doing. Listen to what he says in Deuteronomy chapter six, verses five through seven. God says to his people, love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. It comes back to these simple purposes. Love him with all you've got. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you, and I love this, and get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. On a continuous basis, our students, our kids, our loved ones need to see that our choices are coming from our passion to be connected to God's love and to be connected to them in the same way that God loves us and to help them be able to have the same. That's what it is to parent from your purpose, is to make sure that in every choice we make, in every opportunity we have, that we make our choices from that place because when Jesus Christ is your foundation, and we know that really what we're trying to do with our loved ones, no matter who they are, but especially as parents with our kids, what we're trying to build is a home. And if you wanna build a home, if any of you have ever been a part of the home buying process, you know that the first thing that the inspector is gonna care about when he comes to check on your home, whether or not it's a home that's worthy of investing into, is the foundation. And for us as believers, it's, it's such an amazing thing that we're able to look to Jesus Christ as our foundation for every decision that we make. That we're able to say to our kids as to whether or not, what kind of job we're gonna take, how much time we're gonna spend, whether or not they get to go to that friend's house. It's gonna be the thing of, is this going to be helpful in, a, in, in accomplishing the purpose of leading them to a place where they're gonna love God or love others? What is going to help accomplish that purpose? And every choice we make is because we're trying to build something in their lives. And when Jesus Christ is the foundation, he's the thing that you're able to keep coming back to. It's like, what would Jesus do in this environment, in this situation? What does he want me to do? Not what is the rest of the world saying that I should do? Because the rest of the world has a million ideas of how we should be parenting. 
And on some level, if that becomes our foundation of all the different thoughts and ideas, it's like sand of where someone says you should be doing this. And, and when your kid turns 16, they need to be able to drive or they shouldn't be able to drive. Or as long as uh, when your kid gets to kindergarten, they need to be able to read and write and do this. And, and you can't let your kid do that. They can't eat that. They can't touch this. They shouldn't be a part of that. And there's so many things that if that becomes your foundation is trying to parent your kids along, according to what the world says, according to what everyone else's opinion is, well, then you're building something that won't last why because opinions of people are constantly changing as to what you should do I love our pediatricians and my wife and I we listen closely to our doctor's advice but it was one of the most crazy things of over the over eight years of having our kids when we would go into the hospital it'd be like they'd be like hey uh, it's really good when your kid comes out to give them a pacifier and then it was like don't you dare give your kid a pacifier that is, you know, don't you do it. And then for our third one, it was like, yeah, of course you give him a pacifier. And by the fourth one, they're like, we don't even carry pacifiers anymore. What's a pacifier? And we were like, what is going on? Like it worked for this kid, but this kid, you know, it, whatever. And, and don't be wrong, like I know they're constantly researching whatever, but it, that's a simple example of how things are always changing. And if you try to build a relationship with your kids, if you try to build and parent your purpose from the things that whatever, on some, on some level, you're gonna begin to see that it's not gonna be on solid ground ground. And as soon as the storm of life comes and hits you, it's going to be difficult for you to stand up under when you aren't able to come back to a common decision of when your kid makes an awful decision and you're hurt and you're angry by the thing that you did. When we parent from our purpose, we're able to stop and just say, okay, God, what is it that I need to do in this moment that's going to be a reflection of your love and is going to show them that I love them the same way that you love them? You're my solid ground. I can't keep up with what the world is telling me on how I'm supposed to raise my kid. So help me to parent from your purpose. Help me to be connected to you. Well, why do we wanna do that? Why is it so important? And how is it that we're able to do that? Well, listen to this in Ephesians 5.1. He says what? Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. When we follow him, then we begin as underneath his authority and developing that relationship with him, it becomes that much more clear to us on what we can do to build a healthy relationship with anyone around us, especially our kids. And why is building that relationship so important? Well, because we're holding on for something. We're holding on and we're gonna fight for trust. That's, that's what we're trying to do as parents. That's the, the whole principle in any relationship is that what we're fighting for is trust, a connected relationship. You know, I think about that cowboy who jumps on that bull's back and when the chute opens, right? He holds on for dear life for what is only supposed to be eight seconds, right? But he's got that rope in his grip and he knows no matter where that, that bull kicks or bucks or whatever, that he is holding on. And on some level, God calls us that same thing in our relationships is to hold on and fight for trust. Fighting for a deep, connected relationship because this is what it's about. When we parent from our purpose, our purpose will lead us in a desire to build trust with those in our lives who we love. Now, trust is something that is earned. It is not something that is promised. Love and forgiveness should be freely given to our kids and to any relationship by anyone because it's what God commands us to do because it's what he showed us. It's unlimited and it's unconditional. But you can love your kids and not trust them, and that's a wonderful thing. My kids, when I got a 10-year-old, like I said, all the way down to a two-year-old, and so one of the things that's a big part of our lives right now is bike riding. But in our bike riding, especially when we were first getting going, our kid, my boys were only allowed to ride their bikes from about four driveways down to the left 
and about three driveways down to the right. Why? Because I loved them, but I did not trust them. They were terrible bike riders, right? I mean, they, they could not keep their eyes on their pedals and their handlebars and watch out for moving cars. They could hardly look out for parked cars, right? Like it was a challenge. And so, so I'm sitting out there on my driveway watching them and making sure that they don't go too far this way or too far that way and having to be out there with them in every moment. Now, don't get me wrong. That's an honor and a privilege to get to be there with them that moment and help make choices for them that they aren't able to see that are important for themselves because I love them enough to say I need to be here because you aren't able to look out for the dangers that are in your, that are in your life and that could harm you. So I'm gonna be right here in this moment. But also know I don't plan on staying here for the rest of my life. I don't want to sit in the driveway all the time. I want to build trust with you and want to see you continue to improve that you're able to get to where you can make the full circle. And it's going to be good for you to be able to get out of dad's sight if I can have confidence that you're going to do the things that dad has trained you to do. But when you're out of dad's sight and I get the phone call from the neighbor that says, your kids are not paying attention over here. They're driving crazy, bumping into each other. They almost got ran over by a car. Guess what? I'm going to meet them out in the driveway. I'm going to say, I love you, but guess what? You're back to four driveways to the left and three driveways to the right because I love you, but you broke trust. Now, he doesn't, if we love our kids the way that God loves us, we don't leave them in broken trust. We bring them back because we love them, and they demonstrate that they aren't they are not trustworthy, but we want to bring them back in where we can closely help them rebuild those positive habits and use discipline to help them rebuild that trust. You know what's so funny, though, is, is that me as a kid and our kids think that we just get so much joy out of that. It's like they think that what we love doing is just like, you know what, I'm, just, I'm so excited to get to sit out here on the driveway and watch you go from four driveways to the left to three driveways to the right. There's nothing better in my life that I could be doing. I don't want, it's not that I want to spend time inside with, with my wife or, or be watching a game, whatever. No, no, I just love sitting here watching you go four driveways to the left and three driveways to the right. Let me tell you something, kids. That's not what our goal is for your life. But if you aren't trustworthy and you're a student in here, then know this. We as your parents, we as your church love you enough to sit on that driveway and do whatever it takes to help you build trust. Because you're worth it. And if sometimes there are moments in your life where you aren't gonna be able to see the dangers ahead of you and you won't be able to make good choices and we're gonna make, have to make choices for you. But that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to be able to build trust with our kids that they might be able to get further and further away from our arm's reach. But that we might be able to grow in deeper and deeper confidence that wherever they are, they're living according to the foundational principles of making choices that show their love for God and their love for others. And then when they come back, ah, oh, it makes the opportunities for connection that much deeper. But we can't do that if we're constantly listening to what the world has to say, which is why this verse in Proverbs is so close to my heart. Listen to this. Proverbs 29, 25 reminds us, the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. It is so easy to get caught up in how everyone says you should be raising your kids and what they should, what you should be doing. And that when they did with this with their kids, it worked. And don't be wrong, that's a wonderful thing to come alongside other parents and to encourage them and to, and to do this and do that. But most importantly, we need to have each other's back because their kids aren't your kids. And your kids aren't their kids. And so we need to be able to recognize that what we're doing with our kids' parenting style and 
plan and may not be working for them. So we need to be able to come alongside each other, pray for each other, and lift each other up and know that we have each other's backs and encourage parents alongside of us and, and our kids to keep trusting in God and know that he's in it with us and keep turning each other back to the Lord. You see, if we want to parent from our purpose, then we can't parent from our fears. If we want to parent from our purpose, then we cannot parent from our fears. We have to be careful that we, can't, we don't get caught up in all of the what ifs and what could happen. And if you do this, this might happen or whatever. When we parent from our fears, we become disabled. We become paralyzed from being able to do what's best for our kid. Giving them the opportunities to step out and earn that trust. Because instead of trusting in God, we're worried about human opinion and what the world says. If we want to parent from our purpose, then we can't parent from our fears. We have to be careful because they're just like when that bull comes out of the chute, it's twisted and turning. And there are so many things, so many techniques, right, the bull has of doing whatever it can to buck that cowboy off. Well, there are so many things in our culture that are trying to knock parents off their game, to get them to give in and to let go. But let me challenge you to make sure that you don't get bucked off by outside pressure. Parents know this. Your kids are lucky to have you. God placed you in their life for a reason. And as a church, we wanna have your back. And I, we can only challenge you and come alongside of you and believe with you that we're gonna raise our kids from a solid foundation. So don't get bucked off by outside pressure. Stay the course. And it may be challenging, it may seem like you're not getting anywhere, but stay the course, hold on. Because if there's one thing that parents tell me all the time with my 10-year-old, those parents who've, whose kids are now in their 20s and are, have graduated from college and are out of the house, parents say the same thing to me almost all the time. They say, don't blink. Don't you blink for a moment. Because it may seem like you have years left, but if you blink, I'm telling you, it goes by in a moment. And isn't that, a great, isn't that great advice to remind us, parent from your purpose today is what God has promised you. Invest in the day. Don't miss the moments that you have today. And isn't it awesome to know that no matter how old your kids are, God always has a role for you in their life to pray for them, to support them in their parenting style, encouraging them and reminding them that they can do it, that they may not be parenting the way that you parented, but as long as they parent from the foundation of Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, that you've got their back. Whatever relationships they are that they're in and the struggles they're having to remind them and constantly point people back to a purpose. Not our style, not our way of doing things, but can we encourage each other to continue to come back to the same purposes? So don't get bucked by outside of pressure, but also don't get bucked by your kid's rebellion. Don't get bucked by rebellion when they kick against you, when they say they don't love you, when they say that this is, they hate you, when they turn their back on you, when they're slamming doors and doing this and that. Don't you quit. You hold on because your kids are worth it. And God doesn't quit on you, and we have an opportunity to reflect that to our kids, but we will not quit on them. We will do whatever it takes, and we will take things back, and you can kick, and you can fight against us, but we love you too much because God has given parents a vision for their kids' lives. And sometimes they won't be able, they will lose sight of the vision and we have to fight for their choices before they came. But that's not where we want to stay. We want to move from imposed discipline to self-discipline. Sure, there's a time in our life where we have to impose discipline in our kids' lives, but the ultimate goal is for them to see the value of that discipline. So stay the course, hold on, and know that we've got your back. Don't get bucked off by rebellion. But then lastly, let's make sure that we don't get bucked off by our own desires. 
You see, every decision that we make can, should be filtered through that foundational principle of what do I want the most? And I can speak for every parent in this room. I can speak for every single person in this room. I can speak for every divorced person in this room, widowed person in this room, at the core, and every kid in this room, at the core of each of us. What we want the most is a deep, connected relationship with God and a deep, connected relationship with other people. That's what God created us for. That's what, that's, what, that's what we're longing for. That's what we want the most. But the problem is, is that there are so many things that, that can satisfy for a moment. And what is so important for us to set the example of in our relationships, whether it's a parent or in a dating relationship, is to take that step back and to say, what is it I want the most here? And when you have that moment, when you take a step back, you'll always be able to see clearly that what you want the most is to be deeply connected to that person and to be deeply connected by God. And when you take that step back, you'll make decisions from your purpose. The problem is that for me, I don't always take that step back. Sometimes I operate out of my anger or I operate out of my frustration or I parent from my anger or I parent from my frustration and it always ends poorly when that's my foundation. But when I, from the wisdom that God instills in us, am able to take a step back and remember what I want the most is a deep connected relationship with God and with others, it brings such clarity to our decisions and makes it that much easier to fight and to hold on for what matters. It's the same thing that God does with us. He helps us to build trust with him. Listen to what he said to his disciples in Luke chapter 16, he says this, if you are faithful in the little things, then you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, then who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Jesus is reminding his disciples, listen, I love you unconditionally, but I have, you have the opportunity to build trust with me. If you're faithful with the things of this earth and the, the opportunities that I've given you and the relationships that you have in this life and this earth and with the resources that I've given you in this life and this earth, if you're faithful with those little things, then I'll put you in charge of great things when you get to heaven. If you're faithful with the things that I give you now, I'll bless you with more things like that when you're here on this earth. I'll give you more influence and more opportunity to carry out the purpose that I have for every person, which is to help people get connected to my forever kingdom. And God says, I build trust with you. And, if, and we know this, right? Being under God's authority as adults, if we step out from underneath God's authority, there is heavenly discipline. And God brings us back in to four driveways to the left and three driveways to the right. Because he loves us and he's not gonna let us get away with it. But he doesn't keep us there. He continues to give us new opportunities to step into the influence and the purpose that he has for our life. And so we as, as parents have the same opportunity to set that example for our kids as we move out to let them continue to build trust. And no matter how many times they break that trust, we are always gonna do whatever it takes to bring them in, do what is necessary, and continue to build trust so we can continue to let them step out into the purpose that God has for you. You see, but we also need to remember that our kids are watching us. And so the way that we build trust with others matters. The way that we demonstrate a trust with our spouse matters. The way that we demonstrate a trusting and connected relationship and fight for the appropriate relationships with the people of authority in their life matters. Listen to what Paul said to the church in Ephesians 5.31. He says, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. We have an incredible opportunity as husband and wife in our relationships to make sure that we set a great example of what a trusting, connected relationship with God can look like. 
so that our kids aren't confused when they see how we talk with their coach or how we talk with dad, or if you're in a divorce situation because something happened, okay, that's where we are, but there is still a responsibility on us to make sure that if our kids have an authority figure in their life, that we have that person's back, that we're speaking well of that person. The same principles of trust are put into place with all the other relationships in their life. And if someone has done something who's authority figure in their life and that they've lost that trust because of decisions they've made, we're able to talk through that and walk through that in a way that reflects God's character. Because our kids are watching and we want to bring them into a trusting relationship with us so that they will ultimately end up in a trusting relationship with the Lord. But the way we treat the other authority figures in their life matters. We need teachers to have our backs as parents. We need our pastors and our church to have our backs as, our, as parents as we're trying to raise our kids that when we're disciplining and implementing that, we don't need them second guessing our parenting skill and what we're trying to do. We need them to have our backs, but we also need to have their backs. We need to have our teachers' backs and that when someone steps in and is speaking truth into one of our kids' lives or when I go over and pick up one of my kids from, uh, from the children's ministry and, and one of the awesome volunteers says, hey, your kid was having a little bit of trouble today. If I'm parenting for my purpose, I'm not going to overreact and say, what, my kid's this and doesn't do this, and my kid would never. But to be able to say, you know what, thank you so much that you love my kid enough to recognize that what they're doing isn't reflective of the character that God wants them to call, and you're giving me an opportunity to now speak into that. And we have each other's backs, and, we, and on the same level, we want to be able to have your back and be able to make sure that our kids know that we are a united front and doing whatever it takes to help them become disciples of Jesus Christ. Why? Because ultimately, the ultimate goal is to build trust with our kids. Because if your kids can't build trust with their parents who they can see, how will they understand how to build trust with a heavenly father whom they cannot see? So seeing that example played out becomes critical. So yes, there is a time in our life where we have to make decisions for them because they can't see their future, they can't see the vision, but the ultimate goal is to get them to join the vision with us. And just like any great bull rider, he holds on for the time that he's supposed to, but then at some point, he understands it is wise for him to let go. And as parents, there's a certain level of letting go that's important for us too. It's when we let go and invite them into God's purpose. It's when we let go and we invite our kids into God's purpose. This isn't just a letting go of the principle of like, you know what, you're 18 now, good luck. Because that's not good parenting. In fact, it's really not about age at all. Biblical manhood is this principle of when they are able to step out and live a self-disciplined lifestyle, and that's what we're trying to invite them into. But it also doesn't mean that we have to wait until they are 18 when the government says that this is when they are an adult. You can, if your 12 year old is making wise decisions, then speak into that manhood or that womanhood that you see in them that reflects the biblical character that they are making choices from a place that shows that they love God and they wanna love others the way that he loves them. And we parent from our purpose, why? Because that's what God did for you. And that's what God does for me is that Jesus loved us so much that he made a way for us to become children of God. But you know what's so cool? about our Heavenly Father is he didn't just leave us as children. He invited us into a much deeper relationship. He invited us into partnership with him. Would you look at this verse that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 1, 9 with me? When he reminded the church, and God will do this, for he is faithful to do what he says, and he has invited you into partnership with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Isn't it crazy that God loved us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, that we might be able, through faith in Jesus, to become a child of God, promised of his forever inheritance called heaven. But then to take his love for us one step further, Jesus said something along the lines to his disciples of saying, hey, but you know what, guess what? I'm not staying here. I'm going to be with the Father in heaven, and I'm gonna come back for you, but I love you enough to not just leave you as children, but to give you an opportunity to become partners in the ministry with me. And that's what we are as parents. We are partners with Jesus Christ to make disciples for our kids. And how much does Jesus believe in you? How much does Jesus believe in us as a church? Look at this next verse in John 14, 12. Jesus reminds us, the person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. What? Because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work that I've been doing. You can count on it. Jesus says, hey parent, I got your back. I won't leave you where you are and I won't leave your kids where you are. I'm challenging you to take them to the deepest possible level of intimacy, to get you to challenge them, to join you in the vision, to get behind what matters the most, to train them up, to love God and love others the way that you love them. And isn't it awesome to know that we're part of our church that's able to look at you and say, hey church, we got your back and what you're doing is working. So hold on because our kids are worth it. And kids, we're fighting for you and we stand for you because we love you and we will not leave you and we will not forsake you because we wanna be the best example that our God is for us. We love you, we stand together, and we lift up the name of Jesus forever. Come on. Man, our kids are lucky to have you. And it is such an honor to get to partner with you in making disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, I had a senior who came to me this week. She said, hey, Mark, I just had the most incredible conversation with my parents. I said, tell me about it. What happened? She said, you know, I was considering, you know, you had challenged us to take the perspective of our parents and I was thinking about all the things they've been trying to get us to do and what they want from my life and all the arguments and where they were coming from and what it was all about. And then it hit me. And I went to my mom and dad and I said to them, hey, mom and dad, as they were sitting at the di dinner table and she was talking to two parents who I know for a fact parent from their purpose. She said, mom and dad, can we pray more together? And at first, the parents, like you and me, might have thought, like, wait, started getting a little defensive. Like, wait, I, I, no, I thought we were doing a good job. Don't you understand? We love you, and da, da, da. And she said, no, no, hey, mom and dad, hold on a second, just, just so you know. I'm not attacking you. You're incredible parents. But I finally see what it is that you're trying to do. And there's something, there's something that is clear to me. That if we pray together more, if we're connected more, that I can come alongside and we can, we can do what you're trying to accomplish even better. Can we pray together more? And she said from there, they had a two-hour conversation as they went from being parents to being partners in accomplishing the vision for her life. Isn't that the goal? Isn't that what Christ does for us? He says, I love you, and I've got an incredible plan for your life, and I'm thankful to be the parent God says in your life, but I've got an even greater opportunity for you to come and be a partner with me in the work. And man, have you partnered with him well. Well done, church. You have incredible kids. And those of you who have kids that are struggling, don't you give up. We got your back. Can we stop and pray for our kids right now? God, we love you.
and you are the ultimate father. Help us to love our kids the way that you love us. God, help us to love the relationships that you've put in our lives the way that you love us. Help us to fight for trust and that deep level of intimacy that comes from being behind a common goal and a common purpose of bringing as many people as possible into your forever kingdom. We love you. Thank you for your love back for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, there's a rodeo out there. Go spend some time with your kids. We love you. God bless you, church. It's incredible what God's doing in you. Come on, let's go get them. Let's hug our kids, love them, encourage them. Why? Because we're the church, the hope of the world. Here we go. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.